Yay, morning. I am a morning guy, but this last week has been a little bit too much. So yeah, I kind of want to crawl back into bed with, I don't know, a bottle of bourbon. <laughs> Early for bourbon. I, I would not mind a Bloody Mary right now. Mm. That would that would work for me. I actually, you know what? I'm drinking coffee, but it's almost done. I should have I should have put myself together a Bloody Mary before we started. <laughs> that would have been smart. Well, I told you, I, I used to roll out of bed a good two hours before we had to do this, and it was never a problem. I never set an alarm on the weekends, and now I'm waking up going, ah, I don't have enough time for my computer to boot up. <laughs> I, I don't know what's – well, I do know what's happening to me. I'm just freaking old, and I didn't drink last night. Wow. Maybe that's the problem. That is the problem. We've identified it. Mm-hmm. I need to drink before I go to bed because then I won't sleep well, and I will wake up. You know, not refreshed, but I'll be up. Uh, the, the difficulties of the aging man. Yes. Ooh, so I have a taproom complaint. <laughs> Just one? Just one. I call, I, Randomly, I called, I called a taproom where I was going to go pick some stuff up. And the person who answered the phone. That's, was, that's proper old man right there. I, I wanted say. to make sure they had what yeah. I wanted, that they had some in stock. Did, did you print out the directions from the, from the internets? Before no. you you left, you didn't do that. Okay, I did not. Okay, I did not. But they were not exactly on my way, and I wanted to make sure they still had in stock what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And the person who answered the phone was clearly not even at the building. Stupid cell phones was not even at the building. Didn't know what they had, and then proceeded to give me incorrect information on the hours for the actual tap room. <laughs> was this in somebody's mom's basement or what? I, I, I this was athletic. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was stunned. That's I was stunned. That's not even that's inappropriate. I was I was unhappy. We know people there. We do. <laughs> we do. I should give them a stern talking to. Mm, you should, yes. No. I try wander by there on a fairly regular basis. Cuz it's all just, 20 minutes away. And you said, "Oh, it's far away, so I get 20 minutes. I got to drive 20 minutes before I hit the first stoplight." It's okay. First of all, twenty minutes each way, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's not a place that I'm going to sit and spend uh, two hours. City you know, mouse. I, city I'm, mouse. <laughs> it, it, yes. Okay. Fine. City mouse. It's true. <laughs> it's true. But yeah, I was I was just you know don't don't put a phone number on your website if you're not actually going to be answering it by someone who's there. Yeah, that's that's um, pretty dumb. No, no. Granted, I I was the phone number with Gorse Valley Hops, and I was. You know, many, many miles away. You were. But that was different. No one was calling to say, can you tell me what the third row for in from the left looks like, you know, in the fields? You know, that was not a that was not a thing. Although you did get plenty of requests for, like, how to find us, though, didn't you? Like, where are you guys located? We'd like to come visit kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I did get a fair amount of those. And my response was usually, I, I don't go go away. Yeah. What, what highway is that? And, and by the way, you're not invited. Yeah. <laughs> That that was, you know, okay. Drive down this highway. When you see the redhead woman with the shotgun, mm-hmm. that's our place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she does not like stranger danger, mm-hmm. and you will not be invited onto the property. Or, we we drove past the address that you guys have listed that's listed on the internet, and there's no hops there, just a house. I'm like, yeah, because that's a business address. Go away. Yeah. You're you're smart enough to find our business address, but not smart enough to understand that we don't want you here. Uh, I think we've talked about looky lose. Oh and, yeah, and all that side. Of oh things. yeah, yeah. So we we do have a real non uh, 
non-legacy topic today. Yes. A, n- a new. Yep. But first, let's talk about someone old. Yes. And not Greg. And not me. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's good. That's a good one. Thank you for that. Uh, hold on. Let me uh, uh, adjust my back here. Get and, my pills. Uh, yeah, get my pills. I took my pills already. No. <laughs> um, so many years ago, you and your lovely wife came out here. And our, our wives, the sisters, you know, went to a corner to giggle for four days, and you and I went off and did something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that a fairly accurate description? That was that was a very good description, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we, I think, we, we you, were presenting up in in Vermont. Yes. That was the Brew Your Own Brew, brew School. That's right. I think I still have that shirt. I do, too, yeah. Uh, still got the <laughs> creases in it because I've never worn it. <laughs> yep. I've, it's it's good for, like, yard work. Ah. It's nice and it's nice and thick, canvassy. Um, but we made it a we made it a trip, and we hit a bunch of breweries along the way. And one of the ones we went to was in Brattleboro, Vermont, and McNeil's Brewery, and touted as the first brewery in Vermont. Mm-hmm. And we sat with Ray McNeil, who was the the owner and brewer and resident cello player? Yeah, uh, and uh, and we had a couple of beers with Ray on our way up there. So. McNeil's shut down with COVID like everyone else did, and they were having some structural issues with their building and uh, have not reopened yet. And on, what, two days ago, I think, according to it's this? the second or the third, yes. yeah. yeah. Yeah, 2 a.m. on the third, so yesterday morning, um, uh, burned down in a fire. And uh, and Ray was there. Ray was Ray lived in the apartment above. So Ray McNeil has passed away. Uh, if you get a chance, take a look online at McNeil's Brewery and the history there. A lot of I mean, it was not a, yeah. yeah, yeah, not a, I think 1990 was when they opened. Yeah, is what I recall. Something like that. Yeah, very, very early on. Definitely a pioneer in the industry. Yep. Yeah, and a and a, a curmudgeon. Proper, <laughs> sitting... proper curmudgeon. Mm-hmm. Yep. So he was a nice stop along the way on our uh, on our brewery tour and our brewery lives. So uh, a toast to Ray, toast, cheers, Ray. Yep, and just uh, just a shame and a shame that he's gone and a shame that the whole I don't know who would have taken over if at all, but the whole the whole brew pub gone. Yeah, they actually had to had to raise it yesterday afternoon because the the fire was just too much of a structural issue to maintain it any longer. So it is it is gone. Yeah, it's gone. And having been in that building, I'm not surprised terribly. Um, <laughs> no. I recall some kind of story about a flood he was telling us. Yep. Do you re- yep. Am I remembering this yep. right? Yep, yep. And maybe it was from his apartment down into the brewery something or something? like that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that was, again, a good seven or eight years ago. Oh, yeah, at least. It could not have gotten more structurally sound in the interim. Yeah, no, it was, and it was, it was very, had a, had a pretty significant dark corner of bar vibe going on. Yeah. I, I, that is actually the image I get in my head right? very often <laughs> when we talk about the dark corner bar, cause it, it, it was dark. I think I remember a dartboard. Mm-hmm. Um, and yep. you, any, anyone who walked in was like, Hey, Ray. Yep. That <laughs> there was, you, you didn't come in here and not know him or get to know him. And we, we walked in and everybody had turned and they stopped talking. Yeah. Them's look like New Yorkers. <laughs> Some city folk. <laughs> uh, well, I know I, walk, art- I walked in. I'm like, yeah, hey, is Ray around? And the, he's sitting at the end. I've never been. And the guy goes, who's asking? <laughs> yes, I do remember that. <laughs> and I go, I like you. <laughs> uh, 
And we once we got past him thinking this was a sales call for us to sell him hops, because that's the way those conversations oh, yeah. started. Yeah. And what, once once we were able to be like, no, you know, you don't have to buy our hops. We just want to hang with with right. Ray. Yeah. <laughs> Let's we're on our way through and wanted to pay our respects, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was that was a sad piece of news. Yeah. So to Ray, which I did have that Bloody Mary or something mm. equivalent. Now I don't have any good breakfast beer for a toast. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. That Hershey's chocolate porter might be breakfasty. It is pretty breakfasty. No yeah. no Kentucky breakfast stout or whatever it's called. <laughs> Don't need any of that. So anyway, we'll move on from Ray, but um but yeah, had to had to give props there to him. Mm-hmm. So let's go from old and curmudgeonly to bright and shiny. Bright and shiny. Bright and shiny. I am I've been accused of that. Of being bright and shiny? I don't think so. No, no, no. Of being attracted to bright and shiny. Yes. Yes. Well, you know, any of us are, whether it's work or personal. And so the idea here is, you know, you're, you want the next big thing. And especially when you've got a business, well, everything's a toy. Let's face it. Mm-hmm. You're, if you're in the the hops business, if you're in any business, if you're a computer programmer, if you are, you know, heck, even accountants have the next big toy. <laughs> the next, the calculator with one extra row of buttons. <laughs> wow, that's sad. And, and, and you know, I, I have a family full of accountants, but oh, none yeah. of them listen. None of them listen to this, so that's okay. Oh, that's fine. I can make fun of them. Yeah, I can totally make fun of them. Yeah. Um, you don't get me started on my wife and my daughter and their yarn obsession. I'm, I'm sure there are new needles. I will, oh, so here's a story. I will never forget making fun of my mother growing up because every year, every other year, the new Mahjong rules would come out and the new Mahjong card would come in the mail. Wow. And this was like I, one year it came and she was all excited to get on the phone with her friends. The new card is here. Da, 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 and we just could not let it go. <laughs> This was just the most exciting thing to happen in ages. The new Mahjong card is here. Wow. As if my family couldn't be more stereotypical for you. There you go. I know, exactly. You beat me to it. (laughs) Oh, that's eight kinds of awesome. (laughs) I thought you'd love it. I thought you would. Oh, I'm I'm grinning now. I haven't grinned all week, but I got a big one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad I could could bring you some joy. Nice. Oh, that's fantastic. I love it. Um, so, you know, when you've got your own business, and especially when you're watching your cash flow, but you have a dream. Right. You know, we, we, we talk about the dark corner bar, but you you have a dream about what this business is going to be, and you've seen other businesses that look like it, and, oh, you want that next big thing. You want that next toy, because that's going to be what makes you legit. Yeah, and this whole concept started with, you know, I was thinking about, well, a lot of what I've been hearing lately is about next steps for for people's hop yards and what's the next step from from like an investment standpoint i'm going to spend money i'm going to buy this i'm going to you know it's always comes down to toys like you said nobody says i'm going to invest in a new business model or i'm going to (laughs) i'm going to invest in a new new accounting software no they don't do that they're going to you know look for the next thing that's going to scratch their itch for what's new propel them into superstardom in the hop industry right so Mm -hmm. And then you brought up, you're like, well, let's talk about the bright and shiny about that then, because somebody, one of the two of us is very guilty of that. (laughs) (laughs) And it has nothing to do with extra rows of buttons on my calculator. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm, 
I'm more of the I feel I, I get very intense buyer's remorse for anything like from from a new saxophone down to I shouldn't have bought that sandwich at the deli like I get mm. I get ridiculous I, I'm just gonna say it you know New York Jewish guilt over you know any purchase at all yeah but see you're you're my consigliere so I would tell you this is what I'm thinking and every time it's, you're like yeah yeah that's a good idea so then I go do it so you had every opportunity to stop me but didn't First of all, you wouldn't have listened. I would have listened. Never. Some. Never. Yes. No. Yes. No. You've Untrue. got the wrong guy. Revisionist history. Mm. Um, you, you you would not have listened. Uh, but but also, in the role I had in the company, I mean, I, I was taking input, and usually you had very sound reasons. <laughs> you, whether now whether you all, everybody heard it, I had sound reasons. Yeah. Now. I'm also the same person who accuses you of making words up all the time. This so it's very possible some of, some of your sound reasons included some absolute gibberish bullshit. And I'm like, oh, it's really going to do that for us? Well, how can we not have that equipment? Right. But, but you know, I, I think there were probably times you pulled a fast one on me. Eh. Sometimes I get overwhelmed by stimulation and can tend to fixate on a focus that is not healthy for anybody. So, um, but I have medicine for that now. (laughs) Uh, So, but yes. If we put some of that medicine into the pelletizer, Mm. into the hops, it might have changed everything. It probably could have. It probably could have. Yeah. There was a year that we had a supply of Percocet in this house, and it was Thanksgiving rolled around, and I wanted to make perfectly what I what I dubbed perfectly pleasant potatoes, <laughs> and my wife would not allow me to leverage. The Imagine Percocet. that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can appreciate that. But yes, we're going to talk about bright and shiny, and some of the yeah. examples of bright and shiny yeah. that we went through, and some things how, how to identify when bright and shiny is happening. Because yeah, I, I, I'm yep. good at that now. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the next episode will be on hop blends that are not necessarily in the legal variety. Uh, right, exactly. <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, it's oh, bright and shiny is so hard. And and I mean, look, think about it like the kid in your shopping cart at Toys R Us. Like you have to go into Toys R Us, which I know does not exist anymore, to buy to buy a gift for a birthday party you're going to. And if that kid doesn't have a new toy in each hand. As you're rolling through the the store, then you've got screaming. Right. It's it's kind of similar to that. Uh, I feel like I know for me, I've become a little better on those sorts of things thanks to e-commerce because I don't go into a store and get instant gratification. So I can put things in my virtual shopping cart and then get distracted and come back to them later and go, why was I going to buy that? Mm, you can do delayed gratification. But some people are – literally physiologically cannot because they have a different brain chemistry like me. Right. Mm -hmm. So people with significant ADHD are unable to, the brain chemistry is not there to provide, to allow for delayed gratification. Mm -hmm. It's just not. So everything is instant gratification. So that's why folks with that sort of brain chemistry seem to be like leaping from one thing to the next because they're always looking for that instant gratification. So if you have any of those tendencies whatsoever, I don't care what business you're in and you're the one running it, you got to be brutally honest with yourself (laughs) about what your triggers are just to make sure that you don't get yourself in over your head. Right. But anyway, so let's talk about 
let's talk about some of some examples of of bright and shiny and i was thinking earlier about how bright and shiny happens and like what are the triggers for it and it's not like one trigger but like what drives you to want to spend more money in your hop yard when really we all know it's costing us way too much as it is but you're like i i need a new thing and that new thing's going to cost you cost you money and that whether that money's time or actual cash on hand or or not even on hand that you're gonna get it from the bank what starts it and one of the things that started it for me was this thought that i have to stay competitive oh sure and the way to and and so i'm looking around at whether it's social media or just the industry in general and what's happening it's like oh my god how do i how am i going to compete against this i have to do something new in order to stay competitive and therefore i start thinking about what are the new things that I could do to add to my business that would keep me more competitive, or at least I think is going to make me more competitive. Such a pitfall for me because at those times I, I would have been better served to say, I'm going to double down on the, the business model and take that urge to, for new as the way to make me competitive or to improve my, my uh, competitive edge. And, spend that on refining the system I've got, assuming that a system is, you know, a good idea. <laughs> but I just, I, I wouldn't think that way. It was like, what's next? What's next? What's next? What's going to move us on and provide us an edge or provide me income or do X, Y, or Z instead of focusing on your favorite blocking and tackling? Yeah. Yeah. And getting your process nailed mm -hmm. um, because you build more excitement on top of a foundation that maybe it's solid, but not as solid as it could be. And, you know, it's like filling the bookshelf at the top before the bottom. Right. And I don't, I don't want to, and sometimes people call these half-baked ideas, right? Where you, you like, okay, I'm going to do this. You seem to be all in on it. You may even invest money in it, but <clears throat> you don't, it never really comes to fruition, whatever it was that you were thinking or what, whatever money you invested didn't, you know, or the thing you bought didn't pan out for you. And it may not necessarily be because the idea was half-baked. It may be because you just didn't have the resources, usually time, to put behind whatever it was the reason you bought the stuff for the first place. Mm -hmm. And that was a lot of our issue. Oh, sure. Was, yeah, well, I we could have done a lot of things, you know, like with our laboratory that we had the best intentions of because it made sense. It fit with our business model. But it's like, I don't have time to be in the lab doing this kind of work and I can't afford to hire a full-time chemist. Right. And, and, you know, and sometimes the urgency is the opportunity. We, well, the grass chromatograph is the thing that I always bring up mm -hmm. um, that, you know, we spent a lot of money and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, it was because there was an opportunity to get one at a great deal. And we said, Ooh, if we try and do this later, it's going to cost 50% more. Let's grab this while we can but then we didn't really have time to leverage it. Well, there was that. And, you know, frankly, it was a lot of that was relying on Joe as one of our, you know, owners and chemist who lived in the Twin Cities, right? So it's not like he could be down here all the time running the gas chromatograph, setting up protocols. And we could never leverage that asset enough to get the value out of it compared to the cost spend that we put into it. Yep. And so in hindsight, because, you know, it is perfectly, perfectly, perfect clarity there. Uh, <laughs> in hindsight, you're like, if we could have taken that 20 grand 
and invested it in other things that probably would have paid off, you know, in spades more than that gas chromatic graph did. Sure. And it's like, I, okay, don't shoulda, coulda, woulda yourself to death, but take a look at it. And that's the kind of thing I had to start thinking of then is thinking like that, saying, what is the likelihood? What is the, what is the f- total cost of ownership of this decision? <laughs> I want to do this. I'm going to buy this thing. I'm going to, I'm going to buy a pellet mill and okay. That sounds great. Well, why are you going to do that? Well, I'm going to do it because, you know, I need to pelletize my own hops. Okay. But, but, but why? I mean, t- tell me more about why you need to do that when there are other options out there. How is you doing this yourself going to add either an advantage or provide you with some sort of savings, labor, time, whatever, that is going to justify and offset that cost? Sure. And and the other piece of that is what does that cost come with? It comes with the need for bagging it comes with the need for time to do all those things mm-hmm. there are it's not it's not a matter of we can finally afford a pellet mill it's okay can we afford the pellet mill and the entire process and time around that that are necessary otherwise what you got is a pellet mill that you can put your coffee cup on while mm-hmm. you're doing something else yep gathering dust then people say well when one's enamored with the with the idea of bright and shiny then you start to value engineer the system you're like well i'm not gonna go all out and spend eighty thousand dollars on a pellet mill setup i'm i'm gonna get this you know flat die mill off of ebay for 1500 bucks and because then it's like it makes your if if it's if this does not work out it makes the sting a lot less right oh, the, the, the risk yeah. is the risk tolerance it's much lower exactly yeah. but then it's like well now are you engineering yourself out of the opportunity why are you doing that? Then, then you find yourself like starting to make all these either concessions or justifications about something. You're going to do something differently now from where you initially started with the bright and shiny of I'm going to have a pelleting operation. Now, now you've value engineered it down to like the bare bones, least money, least risk exposure. Ask yourself, why am I doing this still? Our astute listeners who actually listen are going to call back to a recent new episode we did when we talked about how we wished we knew more about financing Mm -hmm. and about buying the right thing at the right time and not cheaping out. So what, what you just said is I'm not going to say contrary to that, but yeah, you get bright and shiny in your head, you cheap out on it. Well, we just told you a while, a little while back, it's better to buy it right and make the right financial decision to do that, then go cheap and decide very quickly, you're going to have to spend more anyway, whether it's the right tractor or this or that. But it all comes back to, to your point, really thinking through those decisions at the outset. It's about spending the right money for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. And if that, the, if the money is what the money is, you know, it's just, it's a variable at that point. And I know that's hard for a lot of people to swallow, but if the reasoning is sound, the money, the outlay that's required should be recoverable based on your decision. Yep. And if you're worried about, you know, if you start doing, being all sorts of cost consciousness based on your trepidation, I would question <laughs> how confident mm-hmm. you are <laughs> in the bright and shiny idea you have. Yeah. I mean, the the phrase, 
well, if it doesn't work out, it didn't cost too much. You know, that's fine if you're buying a a seen on TV cool new wrench. Right. It, that's right. okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> not, exactly. not when you're buying a pellet mill. <laughs> right. But I mean, there's so much bright and shiny that could happen because as as we start to get involved in our hop yard that well, and I think I mentioned this to you when we first started this episode or before we started recording about bright and shiny is the reason a lot of people got started in hops and left anyway. Well, right? and. Yes, but I want to say something about that because what you just talked about is one example is, you know, you see the next level of evolution of your hop yard. There's a thin line between that being the reason for bright and shiny and you see everyone else has it, so you need it too. And maybe that everyone else is a step ahead of you and and those the line is blurred between those two things, but make no mistake, there is a line between this will takes me this will take me to the next level and well all the real hop growers have that so i really should have it too right and there's so much that i look at the at the money that flowed through our operation and you know from a general revenue standpoint and they were very big numbers now notice i said revenue not profit <laughs> oh i i caught that <laughs> there's a yeah, cuz there's very little profit in anything you're doing in farming even the marijuana growers will tell you that now, um, that they're just like, yeah, that don't care how how sexy and shiny it is. Uh, if it's farming, uh, it don't make any money. I, I think that looking back at what I spent, again, hindsight and thinking what other type of value could I have could I have seen, you know, from that investment and, you know, what would I have done differently? Uh, I think we talked about that, too, and not too distant episode of things that we would have done no regrets i think we call no it regrets yeah. yeah um but but bright and shiny was one so i know people are dying to dying to know what what sort of bright and shiny pitfalls did i fall into and which ones worked and which ones didn't yeah because because some, sometimes they worked and they're you know were those well thought out decisions or did we just get lucky <laughs> correct yes <laughs> and, and both is probably the answer to that question but both and um mm-hmm. I would say you, you brought up a good one, the gas chromatograph and just the general laboratory that we had quality lab. Um, if you looked at all of the on paper, right? So if I was justifying this to, to like the bank, you'd say, all right, you want to spend five figures on setting up a lab with used equipment to do quality analysis. If you can do said thing, you have, breweries that'll pay you to run analyses. You have hop growers that'll pay you to run analyses, blah, blah, blah. All the things that Zach is doing, Zach Lilla at AAR Labs, a thousand times better than I could do it. Um, <laughs> let's put it that way. So, but at the time, nobody was doing this. So we decided to do it ourselves, at least to run our own stuff. But then we looked at this, these other opportunities. We're like, look, we have the expertise. We have the market. We have the, the let's, let's call it brand recognition. Um, and we have the space. All we need is the money. So you're like, okay, well, what's the problem? So get the money and do it and make the investment. So on paper, it all looked good. What was neglected was, I think you'll you'll hear as a reoccurring theme with me, which is the resources required to sustain it were not there. Yeah. And and, and you're not talking about financial resources. You're talking about about time and and people resources. Correct. Sure. Which was it, always our biggest problem. And it's like, if you're going to get into that, and again, this is this is recurring. If you're going to do this, 
you know, do it right. And what does do it right mean? Do it right means you, you have to think of all of the aspects of what this is going to add to your business. It's like doing a mini business plan inside of your business plan. Because at some point, if if you're expecting to, this 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 only applies to to areas where you're like, hey, bright and shiny is a whole new part of my business, as opposed to like upgrading your irrigation pump, right? Different different math <laughs> there, but in this case with like the lab, it was like, yeah, this all makes sense on paper, except when it comes to actually running the thing, because we had yet another demand on our time, and time is always our problem that we couldn't fully invest in. So yeah, it made sense from a, on paper, but mm -hmm. not from a execution standpoint. So that was, that was not great. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I come back again to little kids and, and a new toy and are you going to use that more than twice? <laughs> right. And I mean, to our ownership, when I would come up with said things, uh, they'd be like, Oh God, this is going to be another one of those things. Right. <laughs> Here's another one. Greenhouse. Okay. And I remember one of our owners was just like, you're going to do what? You're going to buy, how much is it? Because he wanted to pull the whole, you can't spend that much money without board approval thing. I found a way around that. <laughs> I, I, I remember that, yeah. <laughs> and I bought it anyway. And that sustained our operation for years. Yes, it did. It was a similar scenario as to the lab, but the the resource investment and the the return on investment was so much greater that we could justify paying people more at a full-time salary to run it. Yeah. And that was the key there is that we had, we had the resourcing planned out. Right. The, the one, the big question mark on that, if I recall correctly, was finding the market. Yep. Is, is the market there? And it turned out the market was absolutely there. Yep. I had a long conversation with someone the other day about the, the bane of, of my existence throughout the entire operation of the, of our company was shipping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no joke. I yeah. laugh. I laugh because, oh, you know, I would oh, cry otherwise. Th that is still the, my biggest learning from the 11 years of Gorse Valley hops is that if someone could actually put together a good shipping company, they could make billions mm -hmm. because find me a good shipping company. Right. And no, just nope. no. No, it's kind of a, you're kind of got a captured audience. So you just got to put up with what you deal with. And anyway, we can get into that, but teleportation is, is where it's at. Ah, uh, yeah. Right. But the, the, the greenhouse was an example of bright and shiny that worked mm -hmm. and it added a, another big dimension to our business that we could sustain until the market forces told us otherwise. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a different story, but it worked. I would say another example of bright and shiny looking for opportunity that worked almost a little too well too fast was buy and implement. Yeah. Where what we had was we had the market. People were quite interested. We had the ability to make it. The idea was good, right? The equipment worked. The It, it met the industry need at the time, which was very small scale stuff. What bit us in the ass every time we did it was resources. Again, it comes back to resources, people. And we defaulted to using our field crews to help assemble equipment during the crunch time because, frankly, the return on investment was bigger than the hop yard was. But it kept us out of the field. It kept us out of doing sales. And it kind of, you know, that saying, robbing Peter to pay Paul. 
the hop yard suffered. It just straight up suffered. It, it, it did. It did. And when we couldn't, we couldn't deal with our hop customers, which were long-term relationships that were folding to make a single sale to someone. Um, and then, of course, the let's face it, part of that, too, was the aftermarket support. That's your problem. The harvesters. Well, <laughs> I mean, I remember many times having to get you on the phone with someone because they were trying to, you know, they right. couldn't understand the put, you know, slot, you know, tab A into slot B. Right. Instructions, and you just wanted to bang your head against the wall. Right. Or they wanted to complain because they, you know, why isn't this doing three acres an hour? Yeah. And we and we stopped building those not because we saw the time impact on the hop yard, but because we said the aftermarket and the shipping is too much of a pain in the ass for this to be worth it. Yep. People, that, people, that was really the reason. People's expectations were completely out of line. Mm-hmm. Right. They wanted a wolf harvester for a fifth of the price. You know, and frankly, they many of them were just not good growers. But but anyway, I digress. That was that was one that sort of ran the balance, ran the line, you know, right along the line of it's not quite the the lab, it's not quite the greenhouse, <laughs> but it was still a bright and shiny that we took a, mm-hmm. took a, a an opportunity on there, and it worked, but it sort of didn't work. It, it if we hadn't done it, we we would have had some other financial difficulties. Correct. Certainly, that, that's correct. So it needed to happen, um, and could we have done it differently to make it more sustainable? Maybe. I I do think it was an example of us finding the right need at the right time, and like today, that wouldn't work. No, nope. the, the market's not there for that anymore. Uh, um, but we we grabbed a sweet spot for a couple of years and put a bunch of money in the bank right. as a result. Yep, it helped sustain the operation and and keep us keep us going. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't regret doing it, but it was a Kind of a bright and shiny thing. Right. Um, and now you still have parts to use on, on what did you make the other day? Good Lord, I have parts. Oh, a sawmill. Yes, a sawmill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I built a sawmill out of a bunch of old Bind 3060 parts. Well, as soon as I saw the picture, I'm like, I know those parts. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that you made the whole thing red just so it wouldn't show blood. Exactly. Exactly right. Well, at least till the blood dries and, you know, that just looks like tree sap. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's all good. So those are those are examples of big picture bright and shinies, but and I realize not everyone's in that in that position. What about small scale bright and shinies? It usually involves spending money on a toy. Yeah, and usually you see people around in the hop yard, you know, online and whatnot. You're like, oh my god, I really want to have one of those. And if you actually spend the money to do it, do you get the money out of it? And one things that that. I always resisted the urge for because I wanted one really, really badly, but I never did it was like a skid steer, right? Like a bobcat. Um, I never bought one. I had a loader on the tractor, you know, I had a mower for the, for the tractor. So we used the tractor kind of as that, but, Mm -hmm. oh my God, I wanted one. I just resisted the urge because, you know, our friend Bill had all these great toys and, and I could see how much we could use them on the hop yard to, to get done. But, even a used one's going to run you 50 grand. Wow. And I'm like, I don't have that kind of cash laying around. So I'd have to either go on financing or, or get a loan or something. But I'm like, I could always talk myself out of it, but just barely. Mm-hmm. Well, cause, because we had other things that could make it work. Right. We, we were getting by. Did I need it? No, I didn't absolutely need it. Did I want it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, if you can't make the argument that it's going to bring you return on, on time or money, uh, it, it probably the right call. 
Although the the flip side is, I think about didn't we have like a golf cart to get it for getting across the field? Yeah. So we had so we had a golf cart that we just ran into the ground, mm-hmm. uh, and then I bought a brand new Kubota side by side. Gotcha. Um, at the end of a year sale, right? I bought it on financing. And I mean, we needed that because when you've got that many acres walking from one corner to the other is not feasible. Sure. And, and I bring that up as an example because I remember it was one of those things where you're like, oh my God, this is this is a game changer for us. Mm-hmm. And we, we couldn't not have it. And I wonder if in retrospect, the, the skid steer would have been that way for us. Like, uh, what were we waiting for? But we we made do. Look, you could have had a couple of clunker bicycles for people to get back and forth across the field. <laughs> and, and you know, that that could have been a, you know what, saved us a couple of bucks. You know, there we can always buy another crappy bicycle for getting across the field. That That's a that's a good example of, it was, it was very bright and shiny, the brand new one, and I was very excited to get it. <laughs> but it was super useful, and it... Mm-hmm that was a major addition. And I know some of you out there with very small hop yards are, are thinking about the same thing about getting your first tractor. And a tractor is way more useful than a side-by-side <laughs> and sure. and is really a non-negotiable. Certainly, if you're thinking of going an acre or larger, you need a tractor. So think about how you get into one of those as you're bright and shiny and stop thinking about pelletizing hops. Uh, it's it's going to pay off dividends for you. So where where else, I'm trying to think, are there... Um... Well, a farm farm equipment. Oh, there's other stupid shit I spent money on that just I'm just like, <laughs> oh my god, why did I do that? You know, stuff to make my own swag and all that kind of stuff because I'm a maker. That's what I like to do. So yes. those things were easy to justify in my head, but were stupid. They weren't big dollars, but I mean, you know, to some people they would have been big dollars if you're you know running on a quarter of an acre. But I'm just like, oh, that was really dumb. And it's not always about the dollars. Sometimes it's about the time distraction yeah, that well, you're that, creating. That's true. That's true. And that's something I absolutely could not afford. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't seem to stop me, but uh, it's something yeah. I absolutely could not afford to do. And, ugh. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, hi- hindsight is what it is. I know, right? It's, uh, it, but But it just, you know, goes to show that this whole idea of bright and shiny as an addition to your operation, whether it's a big, a, a big new like branch, right. Of your, of your company that's going to generate revenue or it's a tool or toy. Let's be honest to, to serve a purpose. How, how much have you really thought about this? Yeah. Yeah. Take a, I have a friend with, with little kids and he always tells them, if you see something you absolutely have to have and you've got your own money, give it 24 hours. Sleep on it once and make sure is that really where you wanted to spend that money. Well, and I, I appreciate that for people who are not neurodivergent like me, who, <laughs> who don't get fixated on a thing. And it doesn't matter if you've got eight weeks of nights of sleeping on it. It's still stuck in your head. It's mm-hmm. like, what does it come down to as to why you need to do that? And, and you may need to do it, and that may be the logical progression, but is the timing right? Mm-hmm. The time you're going to spend on it is going to be time taken out of your hop yard if you're not paying people for it. If the time you're going to spend on it and you are paying people is going to be money out of your pocket. So there's no way around it. It's going to be a resource impact. And so, man, sometimes we just need bright and shiny for our own mental and spiritual well-being. Uh, but just be considerate of the 
place in your operation and the time that that bright and shiny, you know, takes right now. Ooh, look, squirrel. Your sound reasons included some absolute gibberish bullshit. 